I used to think of the challenge of work was, you know, you came into work, you're supposed to solve hard problems and, um, you know, you should work hard. Like it's just very simplistic. You know, you should, if, if you work hard, you'll, you'll do good work. Um, and now I understand that, you know, so much of our, of our work days are having to deal with things that are outside of our, our core work, you know, the work that we consider to be the good work that we should work hard on. Um, and it's actually really, really hard to find the space in a normal workday to work on the things that are really going to be gratifying in the long term. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Digital Mindfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Sampofo. Joining me today is Robbie McDowell. He's the CEO of Rescue Time, which is a platform that helps people and organizations focus on getting meaningful work done. In this episode, we're going to talk about the transformative effects of becoming more aware of your digital habits and why we could all use much more of this awareness in our lives. But before we begin, I want to welcome you to the Digital Mindfulness Podcast where we bring you the best teachers and thought leaders from around the world to discuss how time well spent digitized experiences can help improve human society and the world at large. If you're new to our show, then the best place to find out much more about us is to visit digitalmindfulness.net, where you can find a collection of some required listening shows, where we discuss everything from digital wellness to persuasive technologies, behavioral design, the Internet of Things, and much, much more. So enjoy the show with Robbie McDonnell. Hi, Robbie. Welcome to the show, and thanks so much for being a part of Digital Mindfulness today. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, Robbie, introduce yourself to the audience, because the Rescue Time Project is something that I've known about personally for many years now. For me, you were one of the very first tools that really inspired me to start Digital Mindfulness. So I'm wondering if you can tell people about your journey to starting Rescue Time and what it is exactly. Yeah, so it actually goes way back. And I think it's a it's a collection of things that I noticed about myself as I got into my professional life that I don't think are terribly unique. I think everybody has some, if not all, of these realizations over time. But um, started back in the early 2000s, I was a um, self-employed web designer that did a little bit of front-end coding. And it was my first time um, being self-employed, doing freelance work. And so having to manage a client list and um, keep up with all of the billable hours. And one of the things that I noticed really quickly is just how much work it takes to be able to bill clients for a certain number of hours. And I ended up working and it's just, there was a couple of years where really all I did was work. Um, I, I remember, you know, weeks where it just seemed like, you know, the normal start to my day was at 8am and the end of my day, I'd leave the office, uh, at 11. Uh, PM at night. And so just, you know, just wearing myself out. And that was one of the reasons I ultimately got out of, out of freelancing. I just thought, I can't do this. I'm just, you know, just working so hard. And then at the end of the end of each week, I have, you know, 20 billable hours to show for it. And it just doesn't match up with, with the effort I'm putting in. And at the time I thought, you know, that's just a, 
a fundamental flaw in the self-employed model. Um, and um, so then I stopped that, uh, moved out to Seattle, worked for a startup out there. Um, and it was very much, you know, startup culture, fast paced, lots of expectations. And I didn't have that same survival pressure. Uh, you know, I was getting a salary, but I um, still had a number of uh, way too many days where I'd get to the end of the day and I'd say, what did I do? Like, I don't, I don't know what the last eight hours looked like. And sometimes that would be just annoying. Sometimes it would be embarrassing when your manager asks you for a status update. Um, and this is a, <laughs> this was a startup that uh, ultimately went the way lots of startups do, which uh, things started going worse and worse. And so managers start asking for more and more status updates and, you know, being able to not have a confident answer about how I was spending my time just felt worse and worse and worse. Um, and the place that I mentally went to was, oh, I guess I'm not working as hard as I thought I was. Um, and the assumptions were that, okay, well, you know, we're, we're pretty self-directed. Uh, we're a team of software engineers and designers. So we have a lot of freedom in how we structure our work. I must be slacking off a lot. Um, I must be spending a lot of time on Reddit, on Facebook, um, TechCrunch, you know, it, um, I must be doing a lot of stuff that's not work. And that feels really bad when your initial perception of yourself is, I think I go to work and I work hard all day and I, I intend to work hard. And I, I think that there's something good that I can bring to this place that I'm employed by. And so it was really uncomfortable. And a few of my friends that work there, we also noticed the same things. And we said, you know, we're nerds. We can figure this out. We can solve this problem. Um, or at least if not solve it, we can understand it better. So we built, uh, I think it started out as Apple scripts um, that we just ran on our, our machines that would just keep track of the different things that we worked on in, or the different, sorry, not the different, the different applications we spent time with while we were at work. And we thought, you know, we'll just get a nice little log of that. It'll dump out into a spreadsheet and, you know, satisfy some curiosity. And all it did was create a whole bunch of other questions when we saw the results. Um, the first one was that, oh, well, we spend almost all of our time in a web browser. Uh, so it's not particularly useful. Uh, it also reinforced a lot of the negative assumptions that like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's Facebook right there all day. Um, and so then we said, well, let's just push it a little bit further and see, you know, can we tweak this Apple script to when we're in the web browser, you know, get the domain of the active tab. Um, so we were able to kind of treat websites and applications on the same level. And once we did that, we started realizing that, you know, most of the time we were doing work. I mean, there's definitely some amount of, uh, you know, you take breaks here and there, but it wasn't on the scale that I was, I was afraid it was. Uh, and it turned out that there was, you know, a whole lot of time doing work that was not the work that you would ever report in a status report. You know, it was writing those status reports or it was, you know, all of the emails that go back and forth or it was the, you know, instant message chats with coworkers about things that you were working on. Uh, or there was a bunch of negative space that was going to meetings um, that wasn't logged by, uh, by this script. And so 
that was a pretty transformative moment for me where I realized that, you know, these, these things that I couldn't answer that when I didn't have enough information, I would fill in the gaps with really negative judgments about myself. Um, you know, actually once I did know what was really going on, you know, changed my perception of how I was spending my time. And so we told a couple other people that, and they said, that's amazing. How do I find that out for myself? And we said, I don't know, we can email you over this Apple script. And then a couple other people, you know, it just kind of grew from there. We said, Oh, you know what, maybe there's something that we could do here. That's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more official. Uh, and so that was sort of the, that's sort of the origin story of rescue time. And then we kept um, plugging away on it and enhancing it and eventually made it a, a service that was, that was cloud-based um, and a actual like proper installer. Um, so you aren't running, you aren't running some slap together uh, Apple scripts um, and it will work on windows, Mac, Linux, various other places. Um, we added mobile later. And so, yeah, just kind of, started with that that premise of if you could understand how your time is how, where your attention is really going on your devices then you can answer a lot of questions about yourself that'll a give you the right perspective but b will sort of light the path forward on the changes that you want to make you know given just how widespread mobile computing is and just how normal it is for us to say that we use smartphones now. It's funny to hear you say that you started this pre-mobile. So what year did you actually start Rescue Time? So when we were experimenting with all these things, this was right when the iPhone first came out. So adding mobile later was really like, because it wasn't a thing when we started. Um, I honestly think that, yeah, when I when we started Rescue Time, I was using, I think I had just gotten a Palm Pre. Um, I don't know if you remember those, but they were, they were actually great for their time. Uh, but they were one of the, one of the last smartphones that still had like the slide out keyboard. Although I think Blackberry brought one back or something just recently. Um, but yeah, it was really early in the smartphone. Uh, yeah. In the, the world of smartphones. So um, it just wasn't a thing that we were thinking about. And also technically it was, you know, hard, hard to do, you know, they didn't have the APIs. Um, so it ended up being around 2011 when we launched an Android app and we are actually still working on our iPhone app because that is, that's, a it's the, the hoops you have to jump through there to get the type of information that we track are, are pretty hard. Um, but on Android, we've been able to do it for a while and, that definitely, you know, we've been able to see how, you know, as smartphones become more and more a part of our lives, you know, how that just adds to the amount of information that we have to process and that we have to interact with. Um, so yeah, it's good to get the whole, the whole story, but yeah, the place we started with was our work experience. You know, I really love the way that once you'd written the scripts and you're able to have your data presented back to you, that it changed the nature of the discussion you were having with yourself. So it became less, oh my, less an emotional discussion that you were spending too much time on certain apps and it actually became a much more pragmatic discussion you were having with yourself. Like, where do I want to spend my time? Yeah, and it's something that I've heard so many other people have a similar, um, 
similar, they approach it with a similar mindset and I hate it. I hate that people beat themselves up over things that they feel like are things they're indulging in too much. Um, especially when it's just you know, so I've seen so much data. I mean, so much of our data, but also so much from other studies that just says in general, it's not as bad as people think. Um, you know, one of the, the, the anecdote that I hear, you know, it's, I've heard it so many times. It's kind of comedy when I hear it again is, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to use a tool like rescue time that will show me how much time I spend on different things because I'm terrified to see how much time I spend on Facebook. And then a week later, I actually, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought, but oh my gosh, how much time do I spend in email? It's amazing. It's so much more. So as I mentioned at the start, Robbie, like you really are one of the originals in this space and you developed this product, which has seen massive changes in the ways that people use their digital devices over the years. So I'm wondering if, you know, with that perspective, do you see that there's now a greater need for for rescue time or are people becoming much more aware, more comfortable with this discussion and, be, you know, be modifying their behavior in terms of the way that they use digital? I think it's going to be, you know, there's a bleeding edge and, a, you know, a, 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 the mainstream uh, and they might be at different places. Uh, but I think right now the, you know, the core challenge that we're wrestling with, I think, as a society is, you know, how do we make sense of this amount of information that is flying at us that, you know, just couldn't have existed 10 years ago, definitely couldn't have existed 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, how do we process it? How do we keep up with it and still have time and brain space to you know, do anything other than absorb it? And it's something that, I've certainly seen it. It, I don't, it hasn't crested yet from what I've seen. Um, it's some people are figuring out some strategies that seem to work better than the strategies that existed a few years ago. Um, but I think there are more and more people every day that are getting to that point where they just, they just hit that wall of, mm-hmm. of this is just completely overwhelming. Um, I'm not in control of my life. Um, I'm sort of at the mercy of all these input streams and it's really uncomfortable. Um, and like I said, like, I don't mean to hammer on that narrative too much, but I think people can, can easily jump to places um, about what it means that they're not able to manage that stuff on their own. Um, that, you know, is a, is a pretty negative place to be. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely still a need for, uh, there's, there's a growing need that doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon uh, for us to have systems that help us make sense of all this stuff. I love this story, Robbie, of just how you started Rescue Time um, and particularly how you just started it with Apple Scripts. But I wonder if you can tell us now, what is Rescue Time right now? So for someone downloading this, what would Rescue Time do for you exactly? And in particular, how does it help people become more aware of their daily digital habits? Yeah. So at its core, technically, you know, Rescue Time is an app or a set of apps that, um, that people install on their devices and it will work in the background and keep a log that's a private log for them of, the, of where their attention is focused and it'll measure the time spent, actively spent in different applications. So, 
you can imagine on your desktop computer, you may have, uh, you know, you may have eight or ten apps open. It'll it'll only keep a log of the one that you're you're actually interacting with. Uh, so it's a pretty good proxy for your attention, and all that data is collected and sent up to our servers, where we have a a pretty sizable categorization database. It's, I think it's just over a million distinct entities um, categorized into um, kind of what the general function is. Uh, and there's a, um, a a metric for each activity that's called a productivity score, um, which if I were designing the product from scratch today, I might do a little bit differently, um, but it's a more subjective uh, categorization of, you know, do I think this is a productive or a distracting use of my time? Um, and there's, you know, like I said, a huge set of defaults. Uh, we make it very easy for people to adjust both the the functional category. Um, you know, a great example is for someone in marketing, uh, their time on Facebook may may not actually be social networking. It may be marketing, um, but also um, giving people the ability to change. You know, what the what the different activities mean to them. Um, and so we try to get people set up pretty quickly to where their major activities they have. Um, they have them categorized correctly and have a, the productivity judgment um, locked in. And then we're able to give them a whole bunch of reports. We, we give people a weekly email summary saying just, you know, here's, here's in general, here's how much time you spent with your devices, uh, here are the top categories, here are the top activities, here was the overall, uh, we call it the productivity pulse, which is the average of all the productivity scores. And it's, it's not something that is like a... Um, you know, a gamified, you should try to have, you know, the scale of one to a hundred, you should try to be pegging it out at a hundred all the time because that just doesn't seem natural. Um, but the way we try to present it is that, you know, it's a baseline that will rise and fall, you know, throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the year. And it's a good thing to be aware of where you are. Um, and then, and then we're able to show you, you know, when things have changed. You know, your productivity pulse is, has spiked this week. What happened? Or oh my gosh, it's you know, it's cratered. It's dropped twenty points. Um, and so the main goal is to give people a, a hold a mirror up to them and say, you know, here's here's actually how you were spending your time on your devices. And then where we go from there is there's several feedback loops. You can set goals uh, and you can review. Uh, you, can, you can track your progress over time. Um, there's real-time alerts. Uh, I have a number of these for myself that really kind of transformed how I transform my days. Um, so I have one every, I think, every 30 minutes of time and communication. Um, I'll probably get one while we're on the call here. But um, the, one of the first things I noticed about myself is I spend way longer in communication naps than I expect to every day. And so I have a goal set for trying to spend less than two hours a day. Uh, and then I have throughout the day, I have every 30 minutes of time that gets logged in either email or uh, Slack or Zoom, Google Hangouts, um, cumulatively. Like, so these things all add up in small, in small doses. Uh, but I, I stay very aware of how that time is building up throughout the day. Um, and then the other thing that is a major part of the system is distraction management. So we have a feature, it's called focus time, that when I find myself getting you know, pulled in a bunch of different directions, I can just turn it on and then um, 
it's the main thing is, is distracting sites that are categorized as distracting, uh, they get blocked. And so I don't have those moments that I don't know if you're familiar with where you find yourself staring at Facebook or Reddit and you don't know how you got there because something was hard that you were working on and your brain just said, I need something, I need a shot of dopamine that is easy. Um, and so it, it kind of solves that problem. Um, but we also, through a number of integrations, uh, we've, we, we block distractions in other ways or we, we manage distractions and it's not a full on blocking. But so like when I start focus time, it, it, it sets my status in Slack to do not disturb. Uh, it silences my phone. So, um, so I won't see notifications um, and the phone won't ring for a while. And then when, and I set an amount of time, so I'll say I want to focus for 30 minutes. And then at the end of that 30 minutes, you know, everything comes back on. So it's a, it's a nice way to just sort of, you know, turn down the volume on life a little bit for those times when you really want to focus. So Robbie, now you've been using the tool for years now, and of course you work in this productivity space. How would you say this greater awareness of your digital behavior has changed, not just your mindset, but just the way that you live and work? Well, I think the big change that it made for me was I used to think of the challenge of work was, you know, you came into work, you're supposed to solve hard problems and, um, you know, you should work hard. Like it's just very simplistic. You know, you should, you, if, if you work hard, you'll, you'll do good work. Um, and now I understand that, you know, so much of our, of our work days are having to deal with things that are outside of our, our core work, you know, the work that we consider to be, the good work that we should work hard on. Um, and it's actually really, really hard to find the space in a normal workday to work on the things that are really going to be gratifying in the long term. And so that's a key realization, first of all, because you'll stop beating yourself up once you understand that. And then you will also look at your workdays in terms of, you know, you know, not how do I power through things, but how do I intelligently make space to think and how do I intelligently, um, you know, give myself the room to have, um, you know, to have those periods where I can actually focus and think hard about problems. And that's a challenge in and of itself. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's been the biggest change in how I've approached my work days. It's not just like, Oh, I just need to get up earlier and, you know, go through, go to work and, you know, just, you know, try, 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 try. It actually gives me a, a roadmap to be a little bit more strate strategic about it. I think that's really fascinating. And is that the kind of feedback that you're getting from the people that are using the app on a daily or regular basis? Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's, um, you know, the, that understanding of what reality looks like is really helpful for a lot of people. Um, we've actually... Uh, we, we've been involved in some pretty interesting studies, and one of them that comes to mind is um, there was a study a few years ago about people's perceptions of how they spent their time versus how they actually spent their time. And it was a little bit out of context with work. It was it was on college students asking them how much time they spent on Facebook, and uh, they overestimated by I want to say it was two hundred and forty percent the amount of time that you know they they said they were spending hours a day on Facebook. If you just asked them you know, Hey, how long do you spend on Facebook every day? And then they measured it and it was about you know, 20 or 30 minutes. 
Um, and so, yeah, just relying on what our normal perceptions are for how time stacks up is, um, you know, is a little bit flawed uh, in general. And it sounds bad to say that because it's like, oh, you know, humans, you know, you, you know, we're not, you know, we we can't keep track of our time or something. And it's it's just the nature of when you're doing lots of different things and you have lots of different inputs, um, especially things you do in small doses, you know, understanding how they all stack up is that's a pretty impossible task for, for people to do. And it's, you know, it's, I, I kind of look at it like fitness trackers, right? Like, do you ever, you know, could you keep track of how many steps you take a day uh, on your own? So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the feedback we get is, is, you know, a lot of people saying like, okay, I, I, I know what reality looks like now. And so now I can start, I can start moving forward. So now that companies like Google and Apple and Facebook have announced suites of tools that are designed to help people with their digital wellness, I'm really interested to know what your thoughts are on this ever-expanding landscape, particularly as these tools would compete directly with what you're doing. I think it's awesome that more and more people are thinking about this. Uh, And I think it's great that there's been a growing conversation that is that have forced the big companies to take notice um especially when you know if you think about what their uh i guess on the surface motivations should be it should be you know that you should use your use these devices or use these services more and more and more um and you should be more engaged and that that there's been enough of a um a swell of uh counter narrative to that that they're stopping and saying, you know what, there's actually something we need to think about. Um, you know, what, what have we created here and how do we help people manage it? Uh, I think that's great. And I think some of the features that are coming out look really promising. Um, certainly some of the, the more in the moment interactions, uh, you know, the fact you can on Android, I think you'll be able to just, you know, flip your phone over to silence all notifications, um, you know, things like that. Just, sound like such an amazing, like you've just made dinner time so much better for millions of people. Um, But a lot of the other uh, awareness stuff, it's, you know, it it is similar to what rescue time does. It it tends to be constrained a little bit. Um, You know, Apple and Google, um, they're, they're very focused on mobile. Uh, Facebook is coming out with some of these things uh, for Facebook and Instagram. Um, They're both very focused on the platforms themselves. Um, I think, you know, from what I've seen, the common thread throughout all of them that I don't love, but I think it's an understandable place that they would start is that it is, it is simply focused on you doing less of the thing that they control. Um, you know, use your phone less. Uh, look at Facebook less, set a limit on how much time you're going to spend on Instagram. Um, that's, that's part of the conversation, I think, but you know, it also is, it's just hard to get excited about, um, because it is, it is really like going on a diet. Um, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, the, the more interesting question, um, which I've seen explanations that they've, They've said, you know, if you can, you know, if you can manage your screen time, you know, that opens up these possibilities and you can do all these other things, but you know, 
what are the ways that we can help people actively work towards what those other things are? You know, how do we help people to be deliberate about what they're choosing to do? Um, obviously, a piece of that is helping them be deliberate about what they're choosing not to do. Um, but um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of interested in what chapter two looks like as far as what those platforms are doing. This is absolutely fascinating, Robbie. Um, and I'm interested to know how you envision the future for Rescue Time. How are you going to be helping the next million people? If the first part is giving people an awareness of where they are and what their attention looks like, the second part is getting them to be thoughtful about what they want their attention to look like. And part of that is you know, asking people to pause and think for a minute and say, you know, is this not only does this feel right, what we're showing you, but what would feel better? Um, and if you can get people to articulate that, you know, that's something that, you know, very few people do. Um, it's very easy to just, to just kind of, you know, roll through life, um, certainly roll through your, your work life and, you know, not stop and question the defaults. Um, so getting people to, you know, actually take some, take some time to be thoughtful about how they want to be spending their time. And then once you can identify that, then I think there are a number of ways where you can get people, there are a number of strategies, there are a number of tactics. Uh, it's not something that gets completely solved with software. There's not one app that just makes your life magically fall into place. Um, but if you can say, you know, here are my goals for the next six months, or here, here's my goals, you know, a year from now, I'd like to be in this place. Um, you can start providing people a map to how they can get there. And so a thing that we're really focused on right now, and we have some things that will be launching uh, probably within the next couple months, uh, probably, yeah, next month or two, um, are going to be very focused on identifying the challenges that you see um, with how you're spending your time on your devices and, you know, what are the benchmarks you can set? What are the, uh, what's the knowledge you can soak up both at a strategic, you know, what are the mental frameworks uh, that you can learn, but also at the tactical level, like, you know, what are the things that will just get you through the day um, and being more of a, more of a repository for knowledge on, on things like that. Um, so for example, a big one we're looking at right now is communication overload, um, which is, um, is a huge problem. Um, and it, affects us in a whole lot of different ways. There's a lot of different in input streams coming at us. It causes us to multitask um, throughout the day, and that makes it really hard for us to focus on doing our core work. And it's something that you know a lot of people feel like they don't have much control over. Uh, but there actually are a lot of tactics that you can that you can deploy to uh, to you know, find some way to do your work not leave too many people hanging, not let your inbox pile up and, you know, actually feel good at the end of the day. And so, you know, giving people a more, um, more structured path to building those skills is something that we're really focused on. So I think this is a really great time to stop. Robbie, where can people find out more about you, Rescue Time and connect with you? Well, you can find out about Rescue Time at rescuetime.com. Uh, and I would say also, you know, for a good window into how we think about issues like meaningful work and, you know, managing distractions and, 
um, just attention in general, I would say look at our blog, blog.rescuetime.com. Uh, we, we publish a lot there. Um, and yeah, I would say those are, those are probably the best ways. Well, again, I've been saying it a lot, but Robbie, thanks so much for coming on the show and for sharing your insights and your wisdom with us. It's really, really fascinating learning about what you're doing and I wish you the best of luck with Rescue Time. Yeah, Lawrence, it was great. I, um, I, I had a great time.